We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Post-game live, the Saturday matinee edition the Saturday boys are here with you. Knicks lose 102 to 94. On today's episode, we're going to give you our takeaways. You're going to hear from live callers, fan reactions from today's game. We also got a special guest, Tommy Beer, contributor at Forbes Magazine, is going to join us at the 315 mark. He's going to be talking Knicks, Knicks draft, Knicks news, and, um, and you know, you call it, man. So uh, we got a lot to do. Also got a statement games giveaway today. Tomorrow night's Knicks versus Timberwolves game is a statement game. We're going to be giving away this brand new Knicks snapback to one lucky winner. So we're going to give you the details on how you can win that as well. So a lot to do. Let's get into it. CP from the Knicks Fan TV. My man Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show. Happy Saturday, Jay Ellis. How you feeling, brother? It was all a dream, CP. It it was all a dream, man. Rest in peace to Biggie (laughs) Smalls. Today's March 9th. Especially those New Yorkers, those hip-hop heads, you know what today is. So, uh, yeah, definitely rest in peace to Frank. Um, JL, what, what happened out there today, man? I don't know. End <laughs> <laughs> of analyst. I mean, <laughs> though, listen, we, we thought this was going to be a, a matinee dud, and we were actually given a surprise. Knicks bolted out uh, to a huge lead, led by Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, setting the tone in the, in the first half. Um, and, and things kind of fizzled from there, man. What, what'd you see out there? Yeah, man. I, the Knicks kind of jumped on them early, just like we said, but it seemed like no one had their shot going. Yeah. Everybody who usually makes shots doesn't miss, uh, missed it. Dotson was on. Oh, Dotson. Dotson missed several layups, man. Yeah, Dotson like, was on matinee time. Yeah. Dotson was really all after Fizz gave him the big compliment. Yeah. He's just like, he's like, you know what? I'm a ride that I tried anymore. I missed all the uh, Trier, who was missing free throws, Mitch was hitting more free throws than Trier at one point. Yeah, ISO had an off night tonight from the stripe as well. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. And then like we couldn't stop the the Kings in the fast break. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just too fast. 
It's a plethora of things that went wrong. Plethora of things. Um, Kings surprisingly lead the league in pace after after leading the league at the bottom last year in pace. Obviously, that could be attributed to De'Aaron Fox, man. Big, big fan of this kid, Jay Ellis. Yeah, and um, he and Buddy Heal basically destroyed us in the second half. Uh, 27 points combined for them in the second. Uh, sorry, 30 points combined for them in the second half. And, and that pretty much did us in, man. Yeah, they, they knew their roles and they played it well. Fox just kept pushing the pace and finding Buddy. And Buddy was atrocious the first half. Yeah. But he just kept shooting. He didn't care. Facts. And eventually he got on a roll. And that was all he, they wrote for us. And surprisingly, the Knicks kind of fought back. We had the lead in the fourth quarter. But too much to Aaron, man. We don't really have a reliable closer on this team when things yeah. get tight. It's real shaky in the knees. Man. Yeah, that that that's what happens when the game gets tight. You know, we we kind of lose our way. Um, we did have the lead, as you said, five minute mark. We did go back up one. Uh, there, there was a fury in the fourth quarter. Uh, Luke Cornett gave us some good minutes. John Jenkins in the third yeah. quarter gave us um, nine good points, three three-pointers for John Jenkins. Luke Cornett played solid on both ends of the court. Uh, that second unit with um, Jenkins, Cornett, Mitch, Moutier, Iso. Um, they, you know, they, they gave us a lift, man, and, and got us the lead. I thought the turning point of the game was uh, the, the DSJ technical foul, man. I didn't think it was a technical. I thought it was a cheap uh, call. And, uh, you know, after that, De'Aaron Fox has basically sealed it. Yeah, like you said, the DSJ. Yo, DSJ is a goon, man. He's a goon, man. I, lo- I love yeah, his attitude, though, man. He's a goon. Like, congrats, Mitch. You got a friend. Yeah. DSJ is now a goon. I do feel like he did, even though I felt like the tech was too much, I did feel like DSJ went a little bit. You thought he instigated it? I th- yo, uh, he got shoved in the back. That, did I, I, I mean, did I, did I miss the replay? It didn't look as bad when I saw the replay. I don't know. I thought it was a cheap, I thought it was a cheap shot. And um, I don't, I don't mind DSJ solidifying the tank with, with, with you know, <laughs> getting extra aggressive with these guys, man. Needless to say, I don't think we should have got a tech for that. Yeah, anyway. I, I don't think so either, man. That was a cheap tech. Cheap, well, it was cheap. very cheap tech. I don't know. Yeah, those type of refs. They should be. A, I know they buy these refs sometimes super playoff atmosphere type things. Yeah, the refs that give techs like that in those situations, I don't think should be working with them. I mean, but why I'll, not? Why not review the call? Why not review the call when it gets that late? You know, it's always the second act that gets caught. It's never yeah, the aggressor that gets caught. So why not review the call? That's a fact. It, it should have been really at that point. Yeah. But it is what it is. It helps the, it helps our tank anyway. Yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, I, I feel like this is a team that uh, is on the rise. Good for them. Yeah, I, I actually hope the Kings make the playoffs, man, because I like Fox that much, man. I, I like Fox I, a lot, man. I, I do, too. You. I'm, I'm not sure the Spurs is going to really hand that over, though. But we'll see. We'll yeah. see how that goes. I, I believe they're three games back. Three games back at eighth in the West. And then the West, man, give credit. You know, King, yeah. Kings are playing well, man. They lead the league in fast break points, lead the league in pace. And and that's clearly that boy, De'Aaron Fox, man. He had his Ninja Turtle headband on today, JLC. He was going to work, man. 30 points, eight dimes. Yo, I'm I'm getting one. <laughs> I think that's what it is, man. I'm getting one. Yeah. If the next post game comes on and I have one on, you know why. Right. What, what works for everybody except for Wes Matthews when he was here. <laughs> <laughs> he, had to, he had to take that sucker off. Nah, he, he, 
<laughs> definitely wasn't working. He sucked he, all the powers. He, he had to take that sucker off. Um, what, what, you, else? what did you think of <laughs> Um, I think the fan base is tired of Moutier. I, I think <laughs> I think uh, something has to give with whatever uh, blackmail Moutier has on this management team. I'm telling you, Jay Ellis, don't be shocked if they are planning to have Moutier around um, as a fallback plan. I, I just... I think they they like him that much, bro. Yeah, Moutier, like I think I said this before, Moutier is a type, he has game, but he seems like he doesn't have a mental grip of the game. Like, he he can't sustain concentration for a long period of time. Yeah. Like, you, the coach said how good he was playing in the offseason during the summer, during, like, the, the camps and camp things like that, and he played well during the camp. And as soon as the season started, he played, he sucked. Mm-hmm. And he got injured when he when he got as soon as he came back from injury the first time he played well, yeah, a month and then he got injured again, and then he sucked again and then as soon as he come back from injury again he plays well it's like oh this is the Moutier we saw earlier struggled again yeah yeah I don't I'm not sure if Moutier can concentrate for longer than a month <laughs> need that stamina man games together I'm not sure if that's what we have in Moutier so. We'll see what happens next season if he ends up on this team or not. But. Yeah, well, we'll see. He finishes with nine points, four boards, uh, three dimes, three turnovers today, 23 minutes. Um, a lot of the fan base was looking for Mitch down the stretch, man. Where was Mitchell Robinson down the stretch of this game? We saw him with a key block in the fourth quarter. Uh, gets mm-hmm. a key block on, I can't pronounce this guy's name, um, Mexico. Not not Boy, not Bogdanovich. His name is, uh, I'm going to give you his name right now in the Kings. Belika, Jalika. Sorry, I'm butchering this guy's name, but anyway, (laughs) Mitch. Yeah, but anyway, Mitch blocks the three, leads to a transition three by Cornette, and then that was pretty much it for Mitch. I mean, DeAndre Jordan ends up finishing the game, and um, you know, a lot of those Fox buckets came on those switches and and left DeAndre kind of exposed, man. Yeah, Mitch, man, Mitch, Mitch got tired. Yeah, during that run, we ran him through the ground, dogs. You can see, you can see him is tired by the way he gets up. Because the play before he got taken out, I forgot his shot was blocked from behind, and he hit the floor, and he stayed down there like a half a second longer than you thought he was. Yeah, <laughs> I think the next, I think the coach saw it too. It was like, okay, he he spent. Let's get him out of the game, and we'll put DeAndre back in since he was having a good game. One of the only other Knicks really to have a good game today. Numbers wise, yeah. I mean, you know, typical night for DeAndre 14 points, 15 boards, a six and nine shooting. Uh, I just thought, you know, crunch time, uh, you know, defensively, we, we he just didn't give us the stops that we were looking for. Overall, I, I like DeAndre, man, on the cheap, on the very oh, yeah. cheap. I like DeAndre a lot for this team. I felt like he kind of gave us that lift, you know, get out that matinee slump, man. He kind of kicked the team in the ass a little bit and got them going in the, in the first half. That's a fact, that is a fact, and also. Also, he exposed one critical thing. Mm-hmm. Enos Cantor was not too old to get mint. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I told you. I told you. Fizz is gonna learn that politics, man. Just keep it a buck, man. Just keep it a buck. <laughs> Just keep it a buck, Fizz. You know what I'm saying? Because there's no there's no need to to, to play the politics, especially with Cantor. We don't own nothing, you know. Nah, man. Because, man, this guy is 30 years old getting yeah. half the minutes. Getting no half the minutes and, and closing games. And closing. <laughs> and 
But Enos is 26 and too old. What do you, he meant to say Enos played too old. That's what he meant to say. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, he, he's 25. He played like he's 65 on defense. Yeah, exactly. Sh- shuffling those legs, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, who else? Uh, Kevin Knox, another uh, shooting malaise for Knox. I did like his aggression in the first half. Yeah, I you know I I thought it, his mentals was there. I thought you know I I thought he was was really pushing the issue there, but he just just couldn't knock it down, man. They didn't have another didn't have a good game today. Oh, well, that's all yeah. we say. Didn't have a good game. Yeah, didn't have a great game. Um, I like that I saw him pass a little bit more. Yeah, I do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the shot just wasn't falling again. And I know the coach said that he was working on it very, very hard to get out the slump. But I don't know. It's not just it's just not paying off for some reason. Right yeah, now. yeah, but, just not working, man. Just not working. Three for twelve. Yeah. Three for twelve. Three for 12. And we're, we're not here to we're not here to jump on Knox, man. We're just pointing out he didn't play well. You know, nah. Still a young guy. Still Hopefully young. things turn around, turn around. Hopefully his mentals will get used to this long season, and the body will actually catch up as well. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Well, keep it, keep it with the Knox. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. But three uh, twelve from from Knox on the campaign, sixty six percent overall um, from free throw jails. Free throws another area. I mean, we Ooh. we missed seven free throws out there. Iso, who's typically I think he's about about eighty percent shot fifty today. Um, yeah. I had no idea Dennis Smith Jr. was such a terrible free throw shooter, man. Me neither. When they said only fifty percent on the telecast, I was like, wow. That's a that's horrendous. That, yeah, for a point guard. That that that's was a, pretty crazy, man. That's horrendous for a point guard, and it's a little scary when you project um his shooting going forward. You know, usually they'll say if you are good free throw shooter, mm-hmm. you'll be you'll it'll turn into you know a good jump shooter in general. Right. So the fact that he's missing these standstill free throws from the free throw line isn't doesn't project well for his shooting going forward in his future in his career. Hopefully that. Hopefully that turns around. You can only hope. We'll see what happens in the summer. Yeah, I I had no idea he, he was that bad. But um, DSJ finishes with uh, eighteen points, five dimes, and five boards on the night. One turnover, seven and nineteen shooting. So uh, it's a, his efficiency is what we're watching. JLs his efficiency is what we're watching to see what if he can improve on that. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you man. want to see? You want to see that three point? I want to see that three pointer uh, drop a little bit more too. Cause yeah. oh, he was awful. He was awful today. And you can see there was like a little competition going on between Dennis Smith Jr. and and Fox and Fox. Yeah, yeah. If Fox will come down that first half, especially hit a three. Dennis Smith Jr. Will come down, try to hit a three as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't quite do as, as well. This is the game know. within the game. You know, yes, they they'd known game. each other since high school, as they said on the telecast. Um, Fox was drafted what fourth to the Kings. Was it fifth? Um, let's take a look. The Aaron Fox was drafted. I want to say fifth, but I could be wrong. Let's take a look. Fifth. He was drafted okay. fifth by the Kings, 2017 draft. This kid's such a beast, man. Man, I won the Fox so bad. Damn, this oh. kid's so good. Such I still beast. feel like I won. They were talking about Fox versus my, my guy from the Lakers. I was like, Fox, no questions asked. I don't care. Fox, Fox. Oh, Lon- oh yeah, Fox, Lonzo. Fox Forget about Lonzo. it. Give me, give me Darren Fox yeah. all day over Lonzo. Yeah, me and my boy was arguing about Fox versus Lonzo for that long. Yeah, forget about that. <laughs> yeah, give me, give me, give me Fox all day over Lonzo. It's not, not even, not even close. If you ask me, 
Word. Not even close, man. Uh, let's let's take it to the phones. Shout out everybody in the chat, the YouTube chat. This is Post Game Live Saturday edition. You are watching the number one show for Knicks fans, by Knicks fans, where we talk about Knicks news, Knicks rumors, and post-game live fan discussions after every game featuring live callers. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, definitely hit that subscribe button and the notification bell. We got Tommy uh, Tommy Beer coming on in a little bit. Tommy. Uh, Tommy's coming in. And uh, so let's get to the phones. Will from L.I., he wants to talk about the Frank trade rumors. Will, how you feeling, bro? What's up, CPJS? How y'all doing? Good, man. How you feeling, bro? Good, man. Hold on. Um, I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, where it broke on Twitter that the Knicks are, you know, shopping Frank for, um, or rumors is that they're going to shop Frank on draft night. Mm-hmm. I mean, overall, I'm just, I just feel a little disappointed. I just feel like I don't know if we give him a fair shake overall. You know, he had his opportunities, but, you know, I just hope this is not a Victor Oladipo situation, but ultimately it looks like, you know, the, the experiment for Frank is pretty much done. You know, he's about to get out of here. Well, I feel um, how you thought about that. I mean, I don't think, you know, so it was an article for, for those of you that, that hadn't seen it. Um, it was an article that um, that Mark Berman of the New York Post had wrote. I mean, listen, we've been hearing about the Frank trade rumors all year. You know what I mean? From the offseason to the trade yeah. deadline to after the trade deadline, we heard that they yeah. were that Orlando wanted him. You know what I mean? So, you know, I've said it from, you know, for a while now. I just feel like the amount of point guards they brought in, Jay Ellis, between last year and now that have been prioritized from playing time um, combined with Frank's up and down play, ineffective for the most part. I, mm-hmm. I just don't see them have much confidence in them, JL. So, I mean, have you changed your thoughts on it? I mean, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I know I know this. I know Fizz still likes Moody. That's what damn fact. And Phil likes DSJ. For mm. um, and you just don't know what's going to happen with Frank. You're like, it's, time will tell, man. This can go 30 different ways in this offseason. It can really can because Moody is going to cost money. Do we want to spend the money? If we, if we do, are we, Frank, might have to, are we going to move Frank to sign Moody? I don't, I don't even know. That sounds weird. But um, <laughs> right. But we, we really don't know. We really don't know. But all signs point to we don't have 100% confidence that he'll be a backup for us. At least that's what, at least that's how we see right now, especially with with um Fizz saying in the paper that um. He sees Frank more as a wing than a point guard. Yeah, I, I, I continue to go back to that interview. And Fizz had, he was floundered himself. And he was basically like, I don't even want to speak on it. Because he himself wasn't too sure where to play the kid. So I think his his play isn't just puzzling the fans. I think it's puzzling the coaches. Like, no one really knows what this guy's true fit is. Um, number one, he's got to get healthy. And number two, I think he's just got to show more. But I don't think you're going to get, like in the article, they're saying they want to try to get a first one. I think there's no chance you're getting a first-round pick for him. <laughs> so you might as well keep him. Just keep him and see if you could actually, you know, get get a, some solid role-playing, you know, seventh, eighth guy off the bench type of minutes for him, JL. So that's where I'm at right now with Frank. I'm, I'm at with that. At least the G. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like he's not going to get enough burn this season. He's, he's injured still. Yeah. It's talking about he's revving up 
he's revving up his workouts and stuff. Like, you don't, you don't, you're gonna rev up now. We only got like five games left, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was that looking at the lineups today, mm-hmm. and we saw um, Moutier with uh, with DFJ. You know, I don't know if DSJ can play alongside another point guard. Just seeing that just looked awkward on, on, on the field. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It looks like because of this relationship with Moutier that they would rather keep Moutier as a backup one if they did get a Kyrie versus, you know, putting DSJ on the back burner and having him come off the bench. Because I just don't know if DSJ would want to do that. Also, I don't know if the I, – I just don't see it working. That's what I'm afraid of. That's what I'm afraid of ultimately. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, go ahead, Jay. Legitimate concerns. Legitimate concerns. Because ultimately, the reason why DSJ is here in the first place is because Luca is over there. And they tried to pair him with Luca, and it didn't work. The team scored, I think, average, what, mm. 10 points less or something like that when he was paired with Luca. And he's a guy who wants to run a team projectively. So yeah. I, I'm kind of mm. with you in that thinking. I'm not sure if actually having – him kind of play off ball or be pairing him with Moody is going to work for multiple reasons. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I'm not sure either. You know what I mean? He's obviously he's a ball dominant guard. Um, doesn't shoot that that well or efficiently um, to, to, to play off ball with a guy like Moody. Um, time will tell, though. I think it's still early. Uh, I like I like I like DSJ as as a, you know, plan C fallback option if we're just going to go the youth route and, and keep developing. But I think that also depends on, you know, where we go in the draft, what what position we end up picking in in the draft it is is John Morant, who's having an outstanding um year in college i mean it would would we still consider him that's one of the things i'm gonna ask tommy beer when, when he comes on yeah it's fun because josh still has like he's like i mean i know that the the um passing is a little better is better than dsj but his defense is worse you know and the shooting is not there either so you know it's it's not i don't know if it's gonna be that much of a difference in my opinion but right that's just my opinion I want to hear what Tommy asks. Okay. All right, cool. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that. It just seems like there's three options. It's either the dream situation works, we get uh, Kyrie, doesn't work out, we fall on DSJ, or if we think that John Morant has a better upside than right. him and we fall like third or fourth in the draft, we go with Ja. So, yeah. you know, that's all I wanted to say. Um, keep it up, guys. Love the stuff. Also, I'm going to be there on the watch party this upcoming okay. Friday. We're going to try to get in on the statement games also. Love the work you guys do and keep it up, man. Appreciate you, Will. Thanks for calling in as always, man. Thanks a lot, bro. All righty. Take care, y'all. All right. That was, um, oh, I think that was Will from L.I. I think I might have hung up on somebody else by accident. If if you're watching and you're listening and, and you just dropped off the call, call back in. Um, that was my fault. Yeah, JL, how did, you know, John Moran, is, he's having an impressive um campaign out there at the college level he tonight he will be playing in the Ohio Valley Championship his conference mm-hmm. championship and Murray State is trying to get to um the big dance March yeah, Madness please win this please <laughs> yeah, that that would be interesting to see uh do you got Duke and UNC tonight once again no Zion or as we um hear no Zion but you do have Cam and RJ 
And then you also have, uh, I believe, Jared Culver is also playing tonight as well. So, okay, and he he's somebody who uh, is considered to be on the on the rise. So, that's a game to watch. That's a game to watch, man. That is a game to watch. But uh, yeah, John Morant uh, led Murray State over Jacksonville State uh, down the stretch, quarter and yeah. one, and 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 won the game for his guys. So, he's a leader. Yeah. He, he's he's a he's leader. A leader. He is a leader. I have to see. Yeah, I, I want to see what his interviews and his energy is like too. Yeah. Because I don't know, like, like when I saw Fox for the first time, he just oozed leadership. Mm-hmm. Like when he talked, I felt it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I was big time there. Fox, man. Big time. Yeah. Big time Fox. I, 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 I already knew he was going to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, let's go to Jersey Jails. Sean from Jersey. Uh. Wants to talk about Zion and free agency. John, how you feeling, bro? Hey, what's going on, CP and JLs? Hey, on? how you feeling, man? Yeah, um, I, I just, I just really feel like um, the the Knicks they 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 gotta draft Zion Williams Zion Williamson in the draft to 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 lure in these 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 top tier superstar free agents. Mm-hmm. I really feel like they that they got they got to land Zion. You think so? And and I and then I, I, I could see them getting Kyrie Irving and, and I could see Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant coming to play in New York. What do you guys feel about it? What, what do you think, JLZ? Do you think uh, Zion is a prerequisite um, to get these free agents? What do you, what do you think? Uh, I think it helps. I yeah, did, I think it definitely helps. The more promising players you have on your team, the better. That's just, you know, that's just what it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's not really up to us right now. The ping-pong balls have to fall. Right. <laughs> if the ping-pong balls fall, then I'm pretty sure we'll get them. But, um, yeah, it's, I agree with you in that sentiment that, you know, if he comes here, then the players might follow. But who knows? It's all speculation at this point. All speculation at this point. That definitely will help. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, CP Jails. Just one real quick, man. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate what you guys are doing, man. Um, yeah, thanks a lot, man. Thanks Knicks for Nation, support, we're in this, man. I, I, I'm, I'm feeling a big summer. I'm feeling that we're going to have a big summer. Okay. I hope so, man. I, I hope so, man. And thanks for the support, for sure. Uh, I hope he's right, Jails. Mm-hmm. Me too, right. man. I hope he's right. This, this summer, man, is going to be one of the biggest summers in Knicks history. Factuals, man. <laughs> biggest summers... In Nick's history. All right, I think we might have um, Tommy here. Let me just um, mess around with some things here. Yeah, I'm going to disable you here. I'm going to take this call, JLs. I'll let you you run it, and let me see if I can get um, Tommy in here. Zay, you up next, man. It's you and the – it's a Zay and Jay Ellis show uh, for a second. What's up, Zay? Putting CP in the closet. Let's go. (laughs) Hello? Hello? I don't know what happened to Zay. Zay, you there? I'll put Zay in timeout. Jamal from Jersey wants to talk about uh, the game and free agency. Jamal, how you feeling, bro? What's up, CP and Jalis? How y'all doing today? Good, man. All right. Uh, first off, I'm going to definitely see y'all at the viewing party. And um far as free agency concerned, the with the season winding down, I'm kind of getting worried and worried more. Mm-hmm. My first worry is at 12.01 that night, 
Fizz not giving Moutier both max slots, which I think is possible <laughs> with what they got going on. Yo, we got to get to the bottom of this, oh, man. Yeah. What kind of blackmail does Moutier have with this organization, oh, man? Oh, man. We see Kadeem Allen, the headline. Yeah, he might call KD and all of them and tell them, no thanks. We, we got Moutier. He accepted <laughs> the deal. Yeah, man. No thanks. Kadeem Allen, the headline of the uh, Westchester Knicks. Has been uh, doing his thing. He had a he had another solid outing last night. Jails, bring back Kadeem, man. I'm telling you, man. Kadeem the dream deserves him back. But on the um, on the more serious note, Mm -hmm. are you guys worried about KD and Kyrie? Like, even if they gave us indications that they might come, that they two are the most unpredictable stars in this league and could leave us at the (laughs) altar in the 25th hour. That has questioned my mind. I'm not gonna lie. That has that has crossed my mind. Both of these guys are so kind of fickle. The wind blows left. They want to go right, and you just really don't know what's gonna go go with. What's, you know, you really just don't know. Yeah, you really, just don't know. You, I would hope that KD. I mean, oh, there we go. Hey. <laughs> yep. Go ahead. Finish, uh, finish your point, Jay. Also, we'll bring Tommy in. I was like, I know, like people want um, KD and Kyrie. But I would really like, you know, I would like KD as well. But I'm like, I'm, I'm hoping maybe, I'm, I'm leaning towards that maybe a, a Kemba will be a work, you know, or a wing. Okay. KD Kawhi. Somebody, somebody a little bit more stable. Yeah. You know, mentally. Nah, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. All right, well, let, let's bring in our guest. Um, he's, he's written for Forbes Magazine, Knicks fan, NBA reporter, Tommy Beard joining us. Pleasure to have you, Tommy. How you, how you feeling today, man? Happy Saturday, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me, fellas. Uh, happy to be on. And, uh, yeah, a little, uh, little bit nicer out here in the New York City area. A little sunshine out today, so uh, good to see. Absolutely, man. Beautiful day in the neighborhood and uh, beautiful day to talk Knicks indoors, I guess, right? I always go to Tommy for the stats, man. That's my Yo, stats. Tommy is <laughs> the man when it comes to the stats. Yo, Tommy, do you have, like, an Elias Sports Bureau encyclopedia that you just, like, plug That's into your back of your head like the Matrix or something? How do you come up with these stats, man? <laughs> I wish we need more of your stats than anybody else. Facts, man. man. Facts. <laughs> appreciate it, fellas. Appreciate that. Uh, a lot of it's basketball reference stuff. Um, yeah, I just uh, always had a, a love for statistics, numbers. Um, and I think, uh, obviously, they don't tell the whole story, as uh, Nick's Twitter is quick to remind you if you tweet anything negative yes, about yes. Uh, one, of the, one of the players. But um, I think they help paint a picture. You know, no one particular stat is going to give you everything you need to know. Um, but I think it's beneficial to kind of get a view of um, each player, where he's at in a particular time, and give you a little bit of a historical context, uh, you know, how well they're playing in comparison to other rookies or other Nick rookies, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I, I, obviously it's not the be-all, end-all um, numbers, and, and as many people point out, you can skew any type of statistic, right. to, you know, to kind of fit whatever narrative you want to tell. I just kind of like to put the numbers out there and let people decide for themselves. I don't, you know, obviously they're going to support some viewpoints and, and, and uh, you know, uh, prove some other viewpoints possibly wrong in the, mm-hmm. in the short term at least. Um, but I think at least having those numbers help inform the discussion. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, man. And, and one guy putting up a lot of numbers, you just wrote your last article on him. That's that's Money Mitchell Robinson, man. Yeah. Um, 23 straight games with a block shot. His last six games coming into this one, 12 points, 10 boards, four blocks, 
73% field goal shooting. Uh, you know, his, his block numbers are, are in the categories of David Robinson, Shaquille O'Neal. What's, what's your general take on, on Mitchell Robinson's season so far? Um, it's really, you know, you, you try to kind of temper your optimism and, and try to keep things in perspective with young players. He's a 20-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. As we know, didn't play a second of organized basketball last season. But um, he's really playing at a ridiculously high level right now. When you factor in his limited playing time, you know, I was just just before I hopped on here, I was looking at the numbers um, over the next last seven games. Of course you were. His, his, <laughs> his per 36 minutes are insane. 16.3 points, 4, 14.7 rebounds, 5.3 blocks per 36. All right, that's good. Obviously, we know yeah. that that's crazy. The block rate is ridiculous, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. To me, what may be the most impressive number for Mitch Robinson post also break, this dude is shooting 80% from the free throw line. Wow. So, so he's making 70% of his field goals on the season – and he's shooting 80% from the free throw. I mean, you just don't see that type of efficiency. There's only been two players in NBA history that have shot 70% from the floor for a season. That's Wilt Chamberlain and, and DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Damn. Both of that is guys, crazy, man. Jordan shot, Jordan shot below 50% from the free throw line in all three of those years. In the 40s and in the 30s one time. And and Wilt was like 51% or something from the free throw line. So if 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 uh, um, Mitch Rob can shoot, let's say 65 percent, 70 percent consistently um, from the free throw line, you just don't see the type of you know. There's a compl- uh, Clint Capella comparison has been made yeah. uh, quite often. Um, I think that's a dude that is similar in, in a lot of respects. Um, but yeah, if Robinson can continue to perform efficiently, you know, remember this is a guy that's averaging a double double, and the Knicks never run a play for him. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Everything's off garbage offensive rebounds, putbacks, hustle points. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it just a little bit more frequently when he's been doing a little bit better job rim running and, and, and you know, pushing his guy underneath the basket, catching, turn around, and dunking. Um, so I think once the Knicks start to run a few plays for him, that's going to increase his scoring average. Um, but yes, uh, to uh, you know, it's a long story short to your to answer your question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you redrafted the 2018 draft right now, we'd probably be drafting the lottery. Um, and he really has a tremendous upside. And obviously, the kind of the cherry on the top for the Knicks organization is that he's locked into a ridiculously affordable contract. Going to be making less than two million each of the next three years, which is um, incredibly valuable for the organization. I, you were going to say some jails. No, nah, I want to say shout out to Ninja P for pulling off that move. Ninja P, that's what we call Scott Perry. Here. Yeah, Ninja P. that's Scott Perry's nickname. <laughs> I mean, listen, man, you, you got to give these guys credit. I also saw that in his senior year, uh, Rivals.com had him, I think, in the top 10 yep. or top six ahead of Kevin Knox and yes. maybe one yeah, below he, DSJ. Had he played, he, it was he, the full story as to why he left Western Kentucky during mm-hmm. his freshman year has never been told. It's kind of some mystery around it. Um, but for whatever reason, he obviously didn't play his freshman season at the NCAA level, trained on his own. Had it not been for that, as you mentioned, he was you know ranked right, you know, based on the rankings. He was with Colin Sexton and uh, ahead of Kevin Knox and Wendell Carter Jr. All those guys were neck and neck in the rankings. So he would have been a lottery pick had he even if he had played poorly based on potential athleticism, height, all that all that stuff. Um, and he actually shot threes, you know, at, at a decent clip in yeah. high school. Um, so yeah, had he played, he obviously wouldn't have slipped into the second round, let alone the second half of the, the first round. Um, so, you know, credit to Scott Perry and the Knicks for, for scooping him up at 36 overall. 
a- absolutely, man. Um, let, let's swing it to the draft. That was another article that you, that you had released earlier this week or last week. Uh, you released your first mock draft of the season. Uh, Knicks, obviously, right now, we are waning between the first and the fifth pick, according to the Tankathon. Um, let, let's start with the obvious, the, 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 the guy in the room, Zion Williamson. What, what's your take on Zion? Who, who's your NBA comparison to Zion, out of, out of curiosity? <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, you know, some freakish combination of Barkley and, and Sean Kemp. And, um, mm. you know, it's just it, I think it's really difficult to kind of put him into a category or, or try to come up with a comparable player because he's such a unique specimen. Um, as I mentioned in that in that in, in that mock, actually, dude, is, is his listed playing weight is 285. pounds. That was insane. To I, read. Mean, that's, I mean, that's 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 20 pounds heavier than a B. That's Oliver Miller. You You know, Charles Oakley, that's 40 pounds heavier than Oakley and and 30 pounds heavier than Ewing, um, you know, for for some Nick comparison. So it's really difficult. I mean, just to have a a man with that type of at that playing weight, but to be as explosive and as quick. um, Obviously, there are there are flaws there. Um, I think there's kind of two schools of thought, you know, Um, some folks that have just seen the highlights in the YouTube and the Instagram stuff think, Oh my God, he's the next uh, Jordan or LeBron or Tim. Duff. He's not on those guys' level in terms of franchise altering talent. You know, mm-hmm. um, his, his shot needs mm-hmm. a lot of work. His mechanics, his elbow flies way out. You're right. um, I'd be surprised if he shot anything higher than 25, 30% from three point territory um, as a rookie or, you know, his first few years in the league. But um, so that being said, he's not, he's not on those guys' level. That being said, to me, he's the no brainer number one overall pick just because his upside is so ridiculously high. He's going to get points in transition every single Easy, night. Yeah. He's mm. a menace in the open court. And to me, what makes him so special is his defensive versatility. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of some some folks that I don't think watch too much NBA, the, the Mike Francesas of the world yeah. um, and, and the like, <laughs> complain he doesn't have a position in yes. the NBA. And, and listen, I'm a fan of Mike, man. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Pope. But I just, you know, what do you think when he says that, that he has no position in, in the NBA? How do you feel about that? I love Mike. Mike's my dude. I've been watching him since he was since I was a little kid. Absolutely. But he, clearly, he clearly just doesn't watch as much NBA basketball as, as a guy that has a, a primetime show on yeah. in New York should watch. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a story for another day. Uh, but yeah, when he so when guys like Francesa, they'll say he doesn't have a he doesn't have a position in the NBA. He doesn't play center. He doesn't play small forward. In two, how are you going to talk about positions in 2019 in the NBA? I mean, yeah, that's kind of that's the story of the NBA today. Is that positionless basketball to get guys that can kind of you know flow back and forth from small forward to power forward to center? Um, you know, the best team in, in arguably NBA history often starts Draymond Green, an undersized six seven right. small forward at center. Um, so yeah, I, so when you get a guy like Zion Williamson that can has the strength uh, and the bulk to box out and you know defend the paint down low, but also switch one five pick and rolls and stay in front of quick perimeter players um, out on the top of the key, that's a really really valuable player. Um, when you watch him, he plays hard. Has a high motor. He could have crew. He put, could have put it on cruise control and went to like a UCLA or some other right. school. But he wanted to play for Coach K. They get after it defensively. So um, I think again, I think he's a no-brainer number one overall pick. And I obviously, like all of us, extremely excited. I think if he came to New York, there would be such a palpable buzz in the Box city. Box office, man. Would have been a beautiful thing to see. Question about his weight, though. You know, a lot of people said they want him to lose weight because they feel like it might be an injury risk, but. Do you feel like he should? Because, you know, the fact that he is that size and 
and that heavy, it allows him to bang with these other guys. So I, here's the thing. What do you think about him losing weight? Is that have to happen, or you feel like he can just kind of play around the way he is? I'm sure once he gets into an NBA locker room and medical training staff and all that stuff, um, they'll probably shed him, you know, a couple pounds. The other thing to do, the other thing to remember is uh, muscle weighs more than fat. So this is it's not like he's lugging around, you know, 15 pounds of muscle around his belly. Mm. He just happens to be a physical freak in, in terms of his, you know, um, you know, his, his, his build. That's just kind of he's been playing at that weight. Um, and obviously he had the, the knee injury now due to the uh, the shoe, you know, his, the shoe Exploding. wardrobe yeah. malfunction. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, his probable NBA playing weight is probably closer to two seventy five than two eighty five. But it's definitely not like he's got to lose twenty pounds. You know, yeah. I, I think they're they're comfortable where he's at. Okay, um, another guy who's intriguing. This is the guy who you have uh, slotted at the Knicks at the two. Obviously, he's more than likely the the front runner for the two spot right now in the draft. That's R.J. Barrett. Uh, what, mm. What's your overall opinions on on R.J. Barrett and how he could potentially fit with us? Sure. Um, I think Barrett is uh, – one thing you got to remember is he's actually the number one recruit in his high school yes. class. Yep. He was ranked ahead of Zion on everybody's list. Um, you know, uh, more of a – you know, he's definitely an NBA-ready player. He's been playing at a very high level, um, you know, internationally for Canada the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and has performed very well. A better all-around player than Zion. Um, the only player in the country averaging uh, at least 20 points, seven rebounds, and four assists per game. Um, so it kind of gives you an idea of what exactly he can bring to the table. Um, needs to improve, you know, a little bit as a facilitator. Um, yeah. His defensive yeah. effort kind of waxes and wanes. It's, it's probably not where you'd like to be. Um, but, uh, you know, sees the floor well, is an unselfish player. Um, so I, I think of uh, – he actually probably is a little bit of a safer pick um, right. Than Zion Williamson, but but as we talked about, even if even if the GM, all the scouts in an organization say, "Listen, I, I think I'm probably leaning towards R.J. Barrett," mm-hmm. you know, the owner of whatever team has the number one pick is going to be like, "Yo, we got the number one pick. We're about to sell like 10 million jerseys and, yeah. and sell out the tickets." So Zion's the number one pick, but um, uh, I, I think uh, R.J. Barrett is a very good consolation prize. Whatever team gets a number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I see. You know, a lot of fans like to, you know. Uh, compare the, the the similarities with Timmy in terms of his terrible shot selection and his tunnel vision. Um, but you know, I like the points that you made in your article with the numbers that he's putting up. He's he's doing it at Duke. He's yeah. you know at the creme de la creme. He, he's playing at an elite level. I still like his mindset. You know, I, I just like the way he he attacks the game. Yes, you know, the defense leaves a lot to be desired, and and yes, the tunnel vision you can see it, and sometimes he does force the issue, but. I, I feel like he, he has potential to be to be really good at the next level. Agreed. Um, yeah, he's definitely not, a, a, you know, a Tim Hardaway um, one-dimensional player. Because if he doesn't score, if he goes into shooting slumps, he still can impact the game defensively. Um, he's a decent rebounder for a player his size, um, a solid passer. Um, so he's definitely a lot more versatile, proven winner. Um, a lot to like there with RJ Barrett. Absolutely, man. Another guy that you had uh, shot up on your boards is Jared Culver. He's a guy that a lot of people think his stock is rising a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk a little bit about Jared Culver, what you like about him. Yeah, he's a two guard out of Texas Tech. Um, You know, he's kind of an afterthought in terms of a lottery pick, you know, at the start of the season, but he's played really well for Texas Tech. He's a really safe player in terms of what he brings to the table. He's uh, Texas Tech is one of the top defensive teams in the country, and he's arguably one of the better perimeter defenders in the country. Um, you know, does a great job on both ends of the ball. Prototypical two guard in terms of size, six five, 
close to a seven foot wingspan, um, can get out, can, can get out in transition. He's also been playing a lot of point guard for Texas Tech and mm. kind of facilitating their offense. Um, he doesn't have the same upside of Barrett. Um, he probably won't be a 20. He could be, you know, develops as, as a high end, you know, a low 20 point score, but that's probably a best case scenario. Probably settle into like an 18 pointer range, um, but also, you know, average six, seven assists a game. Um, so, and, and also, you know, just as importantly, is, is, is the best, is, is a better defender than, than Barrett, according to most scouts. So hmm. uh, I, I think he's probably in the, in the four to five range, John Morant. Um, you know, the reason I had Culver going three in my mock was that if the Cavs fall to three, it'll be very interesting to see what they do, um, considering they drafted Colin Sexton at eight last year. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think Culver is um, – I pro- I personally would take Culver ahead of Cam Reddish at this point. Um, so I have him four, uh, you know, on my big board, so to speak, um, with John Morant, uh, number three. Okay. Okay. Right. Go ahead, uh, JLC. You had something? No, I was just saying, it was, is it the Cam Reddish's shooting that's kind of, you know, kind of – tilting you towards Culver? Yeah, I just uh, – the more I watch a Reddish – I mean, listen, you look at him on, on paper, he's everything you want in an NBA wing. Six, yeah. nine, great length. Can You know, you look at his highlights, can put the ball on the floor, um, you know, just, you know, grab an, a defensive rebound, push it all the way up the court, Euro step, N1, strong around the basket. But his shooting percentages, you don't want to put too much stock in, you know, it's a limited sample size, you know, 25 games or so on his freshman season. But um, they're just very worrisome. Uh, you know, he scored in double digits, I think, four of the last eight games. Um, hasn't stepped up as much as you like without Zion Williamson there. Um, you know, uh, the best case scenario, he has that, you know, that T-Mac look to him. Um, you know, just that kind of what you hope that you, you know, what scouts drool over in a, in mm. a wing in today's NBA. Um, and when he really focuses and locks in defensively, um, he can, he, he, but, you know, just those, those games, those moments are too few, few and far in between. Yeah. Um, he's too talented to slip too far in the lottery. So I doubt he slips past five or six. Um, but I think if you, if you take him, um, you know, and miss out on one of those top three guys, top four guys, I, I think there is a drop off. That, that scouting report sounds like Kevin Knox, Shales. I was about to say the same thing. Like the guys with the mind issues who don't really have the that 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 I want to do it mentality. I, I was like, do I want to go through that two years in a row? I'm not sure. I, I agree with you. I think yeah. Knox, you know, for better or for worse, is is a good comparison from especially his college tape. Mm. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Um, you had mentioned John Morant. And, you know, the Knicks are obviously in kind of a point guard conundrum. We bring in DSJ. We don't know where they stand with Moutier. Uh, They keep, you know, Frank is always popping up in the trade rumors. You have the Kyrie stuff, Kemba a little bit less so. But in the draft, you have namely John Morant and to a lesser degree, um, Darius Garland. How do you compare both those players and and how do you compare those players to, to drafting them over a DSJ if the Knicks were to go that route? Sure. Um, I think Garland's going to slip. The Knicks, you know, assuming they finish with the worst record, obviously they're going to drop past five, and I think it would be a major reach to take Garland at five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I so I don't think he's in the conversation. I suppose he could be um, if they if they slip to five and they don't like Reddish and they're not in love with Culver, but um, that would definitely be a reach. Um, as far as Morant, 6'3", um, um, athleticism through the roof, um, you know, kind of a Russell Westbrook clone in terms of a, 
um, you know, just the, the, the athleticism, uh, the determination, the aggressiveness he plays with, especially on the offensive end. A little bit slight of build. He's like 170, 175 pounds. Probably needs to bulk up a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, in terms of a slashing, penetrating point guard, um, he's what you want in today's NBA. Um, his three-point shot's a little bit unreliable. Mechanics aren't terrific. Um, you know, you'd like to see him improve that a little bit, you know, if, if he gets in the gym and, you know, works with a shooting coach, et cetera. Um, but I think um, can also def- you know, good defender, um, you know, you know not, not a great off-ball defender, but, he, you know, does a pretty good job, um, you know, keeping staying in front of his man, obviously has the ale- a- athleticism and, and quickness to spare. Um, so I think if the Knicks are in that three or four range um, and uh, obviously uh, Zion Williamson and Barrett off the board, uh, Morant is the guy they should target. Um, at that point, I try to trade Dennis Smith Jr. Hmm. Uh, if not, keep him, uh, you know, keep him in, in house and, and figure out, you know, who starts next year. You know, maybe have Morant come off the bench behind DSJ. Um, I don't. I'm not in love with with Dennis Smith Jr.'s game. Hmm. Uh, I just don't know if he's a pure guy you want to leave in the franchise, especially in the best case scenario um, where you get KD in town. Um, you know, whether you know whether you add somebody else. Um, uh, Kyrie, I'm a little bit nervous about. I heard you guys talking yeah. um, before I hopped on. I, I think there are reasons to be concerned about um, how Kyrie would fare, you know, kind of under the media scrutiny in New yeah. York. Um, but um, but I guess in, in direct, you know, assuming leaving those guys out of the conversation, I, I think you have to you have an opportunity to draft Moran. I think you have to do it, um, even if you have Dennis Smith Jr. on the roster. Um, Smith's already in his, you know, this will be his um, finishing up his uh, second. second- so he only has two years left on his rookie scale deal. Mm-hmm. At some point, you're gonna have to figure out: Do I want to extend this guy? Um, you know, how much am I gonna pay him the year? Is he worth a 15 million dollar a year player? Um, you know, defensively, as we saw today, um, the numbers look good: 17, five and five. But what did De'Aaron Fox do? Pumped yeah. in 30 points and put on a show. Love De'Aaron Fox, man. Yeah. Oh, just imagine. It just it 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 pains. I'm sure it pains Nick fans um, if they had the opportunity to draft De'Aaron Fox. Where where the you know how much. Oh, yeah. but that's a story for another day as well. Um, but but to my point, um, you know, Fox ate Smith's lunch. Yeah, he did. Um, that, that's the kind of thing. Even when you put up 17 points, um, I think he, you know, need you know, was, uh, shot a poor percentage, nine of 17, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's kind of the good and bad. The numbers look decently, but the, the plus minus isn't ideal. Um, so yeah, I think if you have to, I have the opportunity to draft Jay Moran. You have to do it. Go for it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, JLs. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like you said, we really don't know where they stand on these guards. And as much as I'm with the pick the best player available at your slot, I just wonder if, if they would um, still go with, with Morant. But uh, I support yeah. that. I, I definitely support it. I can see the Knicks doing that PR move when they drop when they draft Morant and then give that. Well, you know, we have full confidence that Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> like, no, no, that. no they got to start with Frank first, JLs. <laughs> they got to start all the way at the bottom. <laughs> oh man, T- Tommy, how you looking on time, man? I'm good. I'm good. Keep firing away, fellas. Okay. All right. Um, let- let's take a call. Let's go to Kevin from North Carolina. He he watches a lot of Duke and, and UNC. Kevin wants to talk about the the off season plans. Kevin, how you feeling, bro? What's up? What's up, Gary? Yep, loud and clear, yep. bro. Hey man, first off, I gotta start off like this, man. I know y'all been talking about it already, mm-hmm. but man, we messed up not thinking the right way a couple of years ago back, man. We should have had Fox, man. We started winning those games for no reason a couple of years ago. We messed around and drafted Frank. 
<laughs> yeah, well, Fox <laughs> went. Uh, three, Fox man. went fifth to the Kings. Word. Went fifth. I still remember the Endor game winner. Yeah, man. Endor. <laughs> no game for no reason. Ugh. But um, the reason, but the but the um, the question I had was um, and I like to get um um, Tommy. um all of you guys' point of view. Okay. You, um, Jay understand on um, Tommy. Uh, what would what would you guys' uh, view of a failed off season be? Like mine would be like six picks. And we waste our money on like we max out some dude averaging like eighteen and five, like that would be my scenario. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a failed off season. I, well, I want to see what you guys think about that. Tommy, go ahead and kick that off, man. What's your idea of a bad off season? Yeah, I think Kevin's got the got, it, it, the important thing is the worst case scenario for the Knicks this off season is not striking out completely in free agency. The worst case scenario for the Knicks this offseason is spending poorly. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you have seventy million dollars to spend. That doesn't mean you gotta max out Boogie and, oh, and Kevin. Please no, right, no, right. no Boogie, Lord, man. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta if you don't get KD, then you gotta reassess the entire situation. And do we kick that money, you know, towards next season, or do we trade for an expiring contract and get back another first round pick? Yeah. Um, I think that's the important point. JLs, go ahead, bro. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with, with uh, Tommy here. Just don't max anybody out, and more importantly, the years. I think that's even more important. Like, like if you overpay a little bit for like right. a, for a short-term deal, then, all right, I won't be as mad. You know, we're trying to stay afloat and look competitive for a season or so. But you can't over – you can't max somebody out for four or five years. That's, like, not – that's not – that's just not it. We can't max out, like, a, a second-tier star. And yeah. then just have another – you know, another Tim Hardaway Jr. situation. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Both both points I agree with. Um, right. I don't want to tie the success of this Porzingis trade to this offseason. I hope they don't put pressure on themselves to do that. I've been saying that. So my idea True. is, um, you know, let's say we get the fifth of the sixth pick and then we max out a Vucevic or, you know, some, somebody like that. Yeah. Boogie Cousins and Jimmy Butler. Oh, man. Please yeah, don't, right. don't don't do it, man. Just continue the course. Listen, if, if it's going to get ugly, it's going to get ugly. But just keep that flexibility. And as Tommy said, you have the cap space that you can use as a weapon to purchase a guy on a terrible contract to get more um, assets. You know that that's the thing. If we're gonna be building yeah. slowly, we we gotta also be thinking of of bringing in more assets and, and building the fortress. Right. Right. Also gonna say right. how good the Thanks, man. Are. And also, um, my last question for um, yeah. for Tommy, and um, you can um, end the call after this. But okay. I want to see what he thinks about it. if we fall out the top three. What do you think about trading back and um, trying to get some assets? And appreciate the call. Yep. Thanks, Kevin. Um, good question. Um, I, I think that would actually make a lot of sense. I, obviously, it's dependent on on how the scouts feel about Reddish and, and Culver and the rest of those guys near the top. Um, but I think that would make a lot of sense, depending if you have somebody that wants to jump up. Um, and, and a player that they like. The issue is, it, and it always sounds good, uh, you know, in, in theory, in order for you to jump backwards, that that requires another team wanting to move up. Right. Uh, whereas if there's a drop-off, you know, from Tier 1 to Tier 2 and a big drop-off after Tier 3, it's usually, it's typically unlikely that another team's willing to trade up. But I agree with you that it would definitely make a lot of sense to at least explore every opportunity um, to, to, to see if that's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you, you got Atlanta sitting there with potentially uh, two two first rounders. Yeah. Um, the Celtics will will have three first rounders. So you, so how you do have... you not run out of first rounders? <laughs> it's Danny Ainge, oh. man. 
That's Danny Ainge, the the riverboat gambler, man. I'm, t- I'm telling you, that that guy has been the executive of the decade, man. Give him credit. De- definitely give him credit. Um, Tommy, just keep me posted on on the time. Um, Ernesto from the chat says, if the Knicks end up with the fifth pick, who would you draft, and which combo of top free agents would you like to sign? Um, I think if they if they drop to five I, again, I would I would assuming that um, Morant and the, you know the, and the two guys are off the board. Culver would be the guy I'd lean towards. Um, you know, it, it, again, I, I think you know Culver kind of fits in that nice you know. The, the, a lot of it, the, the thing about the NBA that draft that kind of complicates matters a little bit is it's before free agency. Yep. Um, you know, and so, I've been arguing like football, they it has to go the other way around, man. Yeah, it has to be free agency first. Then once you strike out, then you could really draft for need. Exactly. Um, so, you know, there's obviously a lot of, of uh, you know, uncertainty there. Um, you assume that, you know, by the late June, the Knicks will have a good indication of what, you know, Durant's idea will be um, through obviously nothing official, but, you know, via backdoor channels. And, and to somebody's point, as I was listening before I hopped on, um, relying on Kevin Durant, because I, I think we could all agree that, that Mills and Perry and the Knicks front office have been, given, have been given an indication that Durant is either likely to sign or heavily considering signing, mm-hmm. but it's March 9th right now. Shout out to Biggie. Um, yep. And, you know, so, but, and there's, there's still three months, you know, even if Kevin Durant told them on June 30, June 31st, June 30th at, at, at 1159, hey guys, I'm signing with you. On July 1st at 1201, so he might change Yeah. So, there's just so so much uncertainty there that it just makes it really hard to predict. Uh, until he signs, you, you just don't know, JLs. Uh, until he signs, you just don't know. Tommy, as a media guy, um, what do you think about? There's been so much talk about, you know, Kyrie and Kevin Durant and and their, um, I guess, displeasure with the media treatment about the the rumors and and stuff like that, and kind of the backlash and all that. What what, what do you take on that as a fellow writer? Um, what's your, what's your opinion on, on that backlash? Sure. Um, and I think it's a good debate to have. It's worthy of a conversation. I'll start off by saying that, um, most, a lot of the media, it's ridiculous how, how concer- overly concerned they are with clickbait and mm. dumb questions Thank you. <laughs> and, 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 and stupid, um, you know, innuendo and rumors yeah. and who, who, who let's overhear a guy's having a conversational hallway. That definitely means they're going to team. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so all that stuff is ridiculous. And I, but I understand, you know, the, the media parent companies understand they, it's very difficult to monetize on how, you know, how, how to, you know, people's readership and newspapers form. So mm-hmm. all, that, all that aside, I totally understand a player's perspective that it's a pain to deal with annoying, idiotic, immature media members. I totally get that. They have every right. That being said, they get paid a lot of money to do what they do. Yeah. And, and yeah. part of their contract includes, it's in the CBA. You have to either before shoot around or after shoot around. And after each game, you don't even have to do it before games now. It's just after each game. Mm-hmm. You have to avail yourself to the media for, I think it's like eight minutes or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So let's say that's a half an hour a week. To be, you know, if you don't want to have to deal with that trauma, I totally understand it. My 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 uh, my church league team could use a fifth. You're gonna have to take a little bit of a pay cut, um, but we'll chip in five or ten bucks a piece. You know, to yeah. to, to bring Kyrie. 
Um, so it's a fine line you walk there. Um, you can't complain about the media because the media generate helps to. Obviously, their talents first and foremost, but the media helps to generate off-season conversation, um, yeah. rankings lists. Um, yeah. We're talking about the Knicks right now on a nice afternoon on a Saturday because yeah. so many people have a vested interest in it. Mm-hmm. And that vested interest helps sell tickets. The ticket sales and jersey sales and, and clothing and hat sales all go into the big pot of money that pays these guys $20 million a year to play hoop. You yeah. know, so if you if you take the money for for hooping, you have to go with other stuff that goes with it. And that other stuff that goes with it is dealing with the annoying media. Um, so I have a difficult time feeling too bad for a guy. Again, if you if it's it, it, it's every right, you have every single right in the world to say, I'm not going to answer questions. So mm-hmm. then you can take a fine and donate that money to charity, or you can choose not to play in the NBA. Nobody's going to bother you. When I have a bad game on a Thursday night, nobody's going to ask me, you know, how did you play? How come you missed that three, son? Yeah, right, right. Cares, but I got to pay $5 a night to reserve court time as it, as opposed to being paid $500,000 a game. That's that's the, that's the I think, that the pros and the cons of it. Comes with the territory, JL. I'm, I'm looking for a place to ball. I haven't balled in a minute, Tom. So, <laughs> let me know, LA Fitness. We, you know, we, put, we, we, we always need a fourth. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm an LA Fitness All Star myself, man. They call I, me, they call I, me Half Court Havoc at, at my location, man. You know, I'm gonna stretch out. I can't, I can't play full court games no more. I'm just half courting it, man. That, that, that's it, man. Amen. I can do full court strong one minute and a half. Yeah, <laughs> after that, it's over with, man. Um. Yao Song in the chat says, do you trust Perry to make the right moves this summer, Tommy? Do you, how, how do you feel about Scott Perry so far, his tenure so Yeah, far? I, I, I think Nick fans have every reason to be just very, very pessimistic. A lot of Nick fans, rightfully so, understandably so, when the Knicks made the Porzingis trade is, yeah, you got $70 million in cap space, but I've heard this song before and I've been burned. You know, okay, we're going to get LeBron and Bosch and Wade, and we end up with a Mars Stott and Mars bad knees for $100 million. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just, it's happened time and time and time again. I think, yes, those are fair concerns. On the other side of the coin, it'd be really hard not to credit Perry for what he's done. I think Steve Mills being there makes Nick fans a little nervous because yes. he, you know, the, the Tim Hardaway contract was a disaster, as we all know. Yeah. Um, and Mills probably should have zero impact on the decision-making. But nice. if you look at it from the day Perry was hired, um, obviously, Mills was responsible for the two awful Hardaway Jr. And, and Baker contracts. From the day Perry was signed forward, they've been a well-run, successful, smart, forward-thinking franchise. Um, the Noah Vonley pickup, you know, mm-hmm. the guys that picked up on the margins have been, you know, have been successful. And obviously the draft, they had the ninth pick in the draft, the 36th overall pick in the draft, and they walked away from draft day with Kevin Knox struggling, be it, but, you mm-hmm. know, Still some positive upside, obviously. Mitch Robinson, who is the steal of the draft. I don't think anyone would debate that at this point. Um, and then also Alonzo Trier, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, as a free agent afterwards. So um, it's hard to not consider that a grand slam. Um, and uh, and again, the, the they, they haven't they have seven first round picks in the next five years. They haven't traded away a first round pick. They've maintained their cast space. They enter the season one of the you know more talented free agent crops we've seen in recent NBA history, mm-hmm. and they. Have more cap space than any other team um, on the market, and they play in New York. So um, while it's understandable to be apprehensive, given the Knicks' history, I think there's also reason to be optimistic given Perry's decisions since the day he took over. 
Your boy Ninja P, J. Ellis. That, yeah, that, that's what you call it, man. But listen, yeah. um, t- uh, Perry's been been building that that treasure chest, man. What what move has he made that you don't like this season? I can't name one. I, I think the the, the Mario Hazonia. Super Mario. But other than that, you know, he's, he's still batting uh, a solid seven hundred or so. So that, yeah. that's incredible. <laughs> but why? Why not, man? Why not? Um, how about the Frank situation? Uh, Berman on the posts, and, and we've been hearing it all all year, basically. That yeah. you know they've been trying to trade him. We heard after the trade deadline that Orlando wants him. I just continue to feel, Tommy, that point guard at the point guard that they bring in and play over this kid. They don't have confidence in him at the point guard position. And it just doesn't seem like they have much confidence in him. You know, obviously he's he's been giving them reason to not. But what, what's your whole take on the, on the Frank situation these last few years and, and how it's going to play out? I am one of the few, the proud, the remaining Neelakina Island survivors. <laughs> um, I'm with you. I get I get stuff every other week from the chat for uh, not trashing Frank. Yeah, we, we have Frank Neelakina telethons almost every other game when, when he doesn't play. <laughs> so be careful. They're going to turn on you. Facts, <laughs> facts. Neelakina slander will not be tolerated while I'm <laughs> um, bring it on. No, but um, listen, he has not been bad offensively. He's been atrocious, terrible, whatever. I don't have the Stephen A. Smith vocabulary to use the words as bad as, <laughs> as, bad as he's been offensively. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. Um, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, and he can't, he doesn't. To ask him to be a good offensive player right now is un, is an unrealistic stretch. He needs to go from awful to bad. If he's just a bad offensive player, I think he can be a valuable a valuable NBA player. So he, here's my thinking with Neil Akina. Um, and I tweeted this earlier today um, th- because of Fox hit those two early threes in the first quarter. Smith went underneath the screens, didn't challenge. Um, and, 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 and Fox knocked down two of those first he had eight points, like the first two minutes or whatever, um, finished with 30, a career high. Um, in today's NBA, the three-point line is very, very important. Nobody disputes that. But what gets lost, it's not the ability just to make three-pointers. It's the ability to stop your opponent from yeah. making three-pointers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you, so if you have a guy that's a, 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 an elite perimeter defender, and as a, as a rookie, as an 18-year-old rookie, Frank was an elite perimeter defender, not just a good perimeter defender. You know, in terms of – you look at the synergy numbers, um, was second in the NBA in terms of on-the-ball defense, on pick-and-rolls, when his when the bull hitter, as the primary defender, only Drew Holiday was the only guy ahead of him. If you – the analytics back it up, um, as, as the eye test does, um, that Frank was an elite perimeter defender. Now, um, again, he part of this is he has to – if he can ever develop a league average three-pointer, which personally – I think he can. He shot 40% from three-point range in the French Pro A League mm-hmm. um, as a teenager. Shot the ball well, um, you know, was around like a, a 55% true shooting percentage in international competition um, against top t- top competition was in France. Was terrible as a rookie, but if you look at his mechanics, there's no hitch, elbow alignment, everything you kind of want from a scouting perspective, it's there. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think his confidence is shot. shot. He's, he's mm-hmm. never recovered. I don't shot. think the – I don't think the coaching staff has done a good job supporting him yeah. and putting him in position to succeed. Part of that's, you know, on him. Part of that's on the coaching staff. But again, assuming he can be a decent offensive, decent, not good, a decent offensive player, you, a guy like that is very valuable. Especially, let's say, best case scenario, Knicks get KD, Zion, um, or Barrett, mm-hmm. 
and, and another top tier free agent. Is that Kemba? Is that Kyrie? Is that Jimmy Butler for less than the max, hopefully? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, KD says, I, I'm coming. I just need one more guy with me. Okay, if the Knicks have to overpay for Kyrie or whatever the case might be, they, they, they max out Kyrie, they do what they got to do. In that dream scenario, best case scenario, which isn't a, 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 a you know, it, certainly it, it seems somewhat plausible. In that best case scenario, do you want a guy like Dennis Smith Jr. if you already have Durant, Kevin right. Knox, uh, um, Kemba Walker? You don't need another scorer. What you need is a guy that's willing to stand in the corner on offense and then guard the other team's best perimeter player on defense. Mm-hmm. So he can rest, so Kemba can rest, so or Kyrie can rest. Um, I personally would love to see that, that five-man unit with, with um, Neil Aquina on the floor and Mitch Robinson on the back end. Um, therefore, you have a nice balance of offensive guys that can focus offensively. Um, and then you have uh, Neil Aquino who can stand in the corner and hopefully knock down corner threes. I mean, Andre Robertson is a 35% free throw shooter. He mm. just signed a $40 million, con- $30 wow. million contract with the Thunder. He's an important piece of their puzzle. Yeah. And he was afraid to shoot free throws. You know, mm. um, Tony Allen was first team all defensive player, but he was a valuable player in the NBA because he was, and it was a winning player in the NBA, even though he was a net big time net negative offensively. Mm-hmm. There, there's a spot in the NBA. The Knicks, if again, in their best case scenario, um, are going to need somebody that doesn't require the ball and that doesn't require a lot of money. Um, and I think that kind of sets up well for Neil Aquino going forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think to, to your point, once this team improves the talent, you know, I've been saying this, I think you'll see the value of Frank. But Jay Ellis, you know, it's no secret. His shot is way off. His confidence yeah. is definitely shot. Um, whether the, this coach or, or the secret sauce of Craig Robinson just hasn't been working, I just feel like we should just keep him because I don't see us getting anything of value for him. We're definitely not getting a first nope. for him. So why nope. not just keep him? You have him on the cheap. Keep them and just let the development play out. Uh, your thoughts, Shales? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. You know, I, you know where I am. I yeah. know it seems like the writing is on the wall because the way Fizz is kind of overlooking him a lot, and you figure that the front office might be trying to like give Fizz the, the players that he wants. So it seems like the writing might be on the wall for Frank. But um, like I said before, we don't know what's going to happen in the offseason. Moody might be moved. Who knows? But I really like Frank's long-term potential. Whether he's here or not, I agree with Tommy that the, the jump shot is going to fall. Before he even went down, he was shooting around 40% from three. And I think he took down to like 38. And he started shooting like that in the beginning of the season as well before his, his confidence was there. So I do believe he was able to be a really, really consistent three-point threat. It's just he just needs time and he needs, he needs that confidence, man. And, and I hope the Knicks were able to give it to him at some point. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I, I think it's important to point out, as you guys said, he's the type of player that looks good playing alongside good players. Right. right Whereas right. Moutier and, and Dennis Smith Jr. to a certain extent look good playing alongside a bad team where they can get up their points and get up their shots. Mm-hmm. What Moutier does well and what he brings to the table, um, it kind of gets lost in the sauce when, you, when you're on a bad losing team that doesn't that isn't surrounded by other qualities. I tell you, man, that this fan base is ready to run Moody out of here. The f- the first bus out on April 10th, Jalis. <laughs> <laughs> Moody has to be a goner. Um, one last question if you have time, Tommy. One last one. Let's do it. All right. Uh, my guy, Alex Collins. Shout out my guy, Alex Collins. He checks in on this show every night from Ireland. Yeah, man. Live post game. 
Um, he wants to know your thoughts on Damian Dotson. What's your take on Dotson, and what's your role? Uh, what do you see? How do you see his role um, kind of um, developing uh, over time? First off, respect to all fans overseas, um, people staying up to two, three in the morning to Absolutely, watch games. Um, yeah, a lot of credit to those guys. Um, I think um, I think Dotson is a good player. Um, I don't know exactly what his upside is in terms. I don't, you know, I think he can be a solid seventh, eighth guy in a rotation. Um, I, uh, you know, brings a little bit to, to on both ends of the floor. Is able to defend well on the perimeter, um, which is something you don't see a lot from the Knicks these days. Um, again, I think it's difficult to um, you know to look too closely at the numbers, um, you know, defensive rating, et cetera, when you're playing alongside guys like Knox and the mm. Of the world, um, you know that that struggle defensively. Um, obviously, you know Dotson is, you know, his success is going to be, is, you know, if he can consistently um, knock down the three pointer, you know, be above average, you know, three point shooter um, as he's done this season. So they have him locked in at, uh, I think it's one point eight or around there, under two million um, with the team option next season. So um, if they were to cut him loose and waive him, it would only clear, I think, seven hundred thousand or so. Yeah. In the- so, so I, I expect them to hold on to him, um, exercise that team option. And, um, you know, depending on who the Knicks bring in, obviously, if they really reshuffle the deck, they're going to need um, and, and dedicate the majority of their cash space to a stud like Durant and another max level player. Mm-hmm. You're going to need valuable contributors on minimal level contracts. So that's why guys like um, Mitchell Robinson and the Dotsons and, and, and uh, Alonzo Triers, et cetera, um, we'll have a, you know, extra value. JLs, you know that that's our guy, man. Free dot, you know, um, I, I see him as, as a good solid rotational piece as well. Um, obviously you want to see him be a more consistent shooter, especially from three, but, uh, you know, you, you love how they run those, those, uh, curl screens for him. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, you know, his, his off ball defense kind of gets, you know, he kind of slacks off a little bit, kind of loses his man a little bit, but I, I like dots, man. Um, go ahead, wrap up with, with dots and JLs. Yeah, man. Best case scenario, Clay Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can't dribble that much. Hit a few threes a few times. I feel like he needs to work on his um finishing around the rim. I, I feel like he's kind of been missing a lot of those. Mm-hmm. But overall, I really love his two-way potential. I really love the way he plays defense on the perimeter. And I think he has like a little bit. I, I feel like there's a, a, hint, a hint of a clutch gene in there. Mm. There's a hint of a clutch gene. If the game is on the line, I think he might be able to hit a corner three or two. I think that's that's in him. It remains to be seen though if he's if he's ever that level or he just up being a good rotational guy. Yeah. Bare minimum he'll be a great rotational guy. Yeah. Now nah, Dotson's our guy, man. Dotson's our guy. Well, Tommy, man, it was definitely great to have you on. You definitely dropped a lot of gems on this show. Yeah, uh, we appreciate the value that you brought to us, man. Hopefully you'll, you'll come back again and maybe after the lottery and we'll talk some drafts, some more. Um, continued success con- and, and continued luck to you. As is a custom on the show, I'll put the camera on you and you could just tell everybody where to find you at. And, um, yeah, pretty appreciate it again, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Um, great talking. Always always down for some intelligent, informed, um, passionate Knicks conversation. So um, thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, Tommy Beer on Twitter. Um, a lot of nerdy stats and, and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. Um, you guys, uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on, fellas. Be good. Oh, man, right. Tommy, appreciate you again, man. And, hey, that was Tommy Beer, yeah. Forrest Magazine contributor, NBA writer. Um, awesome guest. Great I guest. Agree. Great guest, JLC. Really, really dropped a, a lot of gems for us, man. And um, to Tommy, definitely appreciate it. 
All right, let me get J. Ellis back in here. That was a good oh, one, man. J. Ellis, man. That was really good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, man. <laughs> that, that was really good, man. Shout out everybody in the chat. Give us a thumbs up for that Tommy Beer uh, guest segment. That, that was really good, man. Really good. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Absolutely. Let me get you back in here, Jay Ellis. All right, we got Jay Ellis back. All right, and you're back, man. That simple. That simple, man. That simple. That's how we do it, man. You got to be flexible, you know? Yo, hit that like button over there. Hit hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Um... Shout out everybody in the chat. CP the artist, Alex Collins, Charles Reynolds, Nick's nineteen oh four. How's everybody doing today on this Saturday? Let's uh, let's talk statement games and um, tell you guys how you guys can win this hat for tomorrow night's game: Knicks versus Timberwolves. Let me just um, finish orientating myself here. Shout out Tyon Reed. Charles Reynolds says, how do we feel about Ellenson? How do you feel about Ellenson? Um, he might be worth keeping. I don't know. He he came out the gate pretty well. Back-to-back 13-point games. I'm not really high or low on Ellenson at this point. Mm-hmm. He's got yeah. some solid games. You know, he's kind of a, a cast away from the Pistons. He shows some flashes. If anybody can get anything out of him, it would be Fisdale. Ninja, Ninja and P hopefully, and crew. Yeah, there's something there's something there. There's something there. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he had his moments. You know, not nothing too crazy. Um obviously first couple of games he started out hot. A, you know, a couple games now he's kinda of tailed off. Defensively he's a lot to be desired, but he moves well, moves the ball well, jibbers the ball well. Mm-hmm. I think he's all right. You know, he, he has the potential to be good defensively. The first yeah. two the first game especially seemed like he was running a lot off of adrenaline. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good defensively that first game. Yeah. Um after that, though, I'm not sure if he had that same level of intensity. I don't know if it's the minutes or, you know, he's just he's just not consistent. As right. We'll see, we'll see what not, Knocks down the corner three, well. Yeah, knocks down. I, I he like that. from three and then two, seems like. Yeah. The, definitely, I like that about um, young Ellenson. So, shout out to um, to Henry. As I'm just uh, tweaking your video a little bit here, JL. Shout out everybody in the chat once again. How are we looking on Periscope and J- uh, Facebook, JL? We uh... uh, let's see, let's see. So like June. What's good? Okay, what's good? I see Facebook. Shout, shout out, out everybody on Facebook and Periscope. Good. Work. Shout out to Mark Lazarus on Facebook. I see you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shout out to Meet Peter. <laughs> he says we need the Ball Brothers on here. <laughs> yeah, where's where's Lee, where's uh Leangelo at? Get Leangelo out there, man. I don't know. I don't know. We we need we need Levar. Le- LeBron silenced him. Yeah, definitely did. Le- LeBron yeah. silenced Levar Ball, man. We got to get Lord. Levar back on here, man. Yeah, and shout out to Nigel too. Shout out Nigel. What's going <laughs> yeah, on, Nigel? Shout, shout out to June. He he was on the Facebook and jumped onto the the YouTube. Shout okay, out shout out to June. What's what's going on, June? Jack Rhodes in here. What up, Jack? Hema King. Um, she's in here. What's going on? Knicks fan TV, Dave. What up? Word. Let me shout out my chat. Yeah, young Simba in here on a Saturday. Always, man. Young, young Simba in here on a Saturday. Yeah, what's, man. What's going on, man? Iverson Boston was good, man. I see you. Um, so they said Jared Culver finished with a good game. What was his stats? Somebody in the chat, can you uh, pull up his stats? Let us know what Jared Culver did tonight. Hey, we, hey, we need options, JLs. We got an 86% chance of not getting the first pick, so... 
Yeah, yeah you guys better get about. used to these names. Yeah, we gotta talk about. It. We gotta we, learn. We gotta talk. Gotta we gotta talk about everybody. <laughs> we, we gotta talk about everybody, man. We gotta talk about everybody. Hell yeah, crossfire paper. What's going on? All right, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna tell you guys how you're gonna be able to win this brand new Nick Snapback. This is not your gas station flatback, JLs. This is brand new. Get in the camera. New era. Get that in there. Look at that. Get that. See that shiny, that shiny emblem right there. Brand new, baby. Okay, that looks real. Brand new. So we're gonna tell you guys how you can win that during tomorrow night's Knicks versus Timberwolves matchup, and that is courtesy of. Statement games. Let me just pull up my window here. And here we go. And let me get JL's camera in here as well. Shout out Nick Reyes from Statement Games. What's going on, Nick? I'm trying to find my statement. You trying to find your... uh... It's been like a half hour trying to sign in. Okay. Here we go. Wait a minute. All right. All right. Here we go. There we go. Let's see. Minnesota. There we go. All right, so we're going to tell you guys how to play Statement Games, right? This is how it goes. Statement Games, once again, is a prop bet game. It is free to play. First thing you're going to do right now, right now, right now, go to StatementGames.com and create a free account. Once again, it is free. Once again, it is free. All right? Do not be on the outside looking in. Whenever we give away game tickets and jerseys and you guys are like, where was I when this was happening? I'm telling you how to play right now. So you're going to go to StatementGames.com. You're going to create your free account. Okay? Once you create your free account, you're going to see the game lobby. You're going to come down to... When you go into Statement Games, you're going to see Knicks versus Minnesota Timberwolves contest prize by Knicks Fan TV for the hat. Okay? You're going to click on that. You're going to click on Join. It's going to take you to the confirmation page, which explains the contest and and the prizes that you can win. Once you click proceed, it's going to take you into the game lobby where you can make your picks. What Statement Games is all about is prop bets. These are all predictions for the Knicks versus Minnesota Timberwolves game tomorrow night. Let me just slide JLS over a little bit. So these are all the predictions for the Knicks versus Timberwolves game tomorrow night. At your top, you see you you have... All the predictions looped in. There are about 60 in the pool. You can see um, team-specific predictions. For example, Minnesota over 113 points. Knicks over 104.5 points. Knicks under. Um, You can see player point prop bets. You can see assists, rebounds, three-pointers, defense, and combos. The name of the game is this. You're going to pick 10 You're going to pick your 10 predictions for tonight's game. You have until 8 o'clock or 8.10 p.m. Eastern to get all your picks in. So you have more than 24 hours. You're going to pick your 10 from most confident to least confident. Simple game. Once again, it is free 99. Once again, the Knicks snapback is on the line. All free. You're going to rank your 10 statements. And then just click save. That's it. That's it. Share it with a friend. If you know a friend that wants to win the hat, click that share button. And, and that's it. That is the name of the game. So, uh, J. Ellis, give me your two bold statements. Hmm. What, what, are you, what are you thinking? Have you, have you taken uh, a look? I know some easy ones. There's definitely yeah, some easy ones in there. I'm going with, I always go, this is my go-to. 
blocks. Yeah. Knicks easy. over three and a half blocks. That's my guess. Okay. So if you want Knicks three and a half blocks, you're going to go to the defensive tab. Here you go. This is your most confident one, right, Jails? That's my most confident one. Right. So, boom. This is the 10-pointer. Now, you can move this down. If you if you drag it over on the right-hand side, you can move it down if you're not so confident. You can move it all the way down to one. Okay. Uh, what's your second one, Jails? And my second one is Knox under 15.5 points. Oh, no confidence in the Rook. Nope. No confidence in the Rook. So you're going Kevin Knox under 15.5 points. Um, I kind of like both of those as well. I will go. Let's take a look at some combos. Combos. Mm. Yeah. Combos. Two Knicks will have a double. double. No, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. No, I don't see that. I don't like that. Yeah. Let's go to points. I took the easier ones. Yeah. <laughs> you did. You definitely that. did. I'll <laughs> go. I'll go because it's a back to back, and we're going to soda. I'll go DSJ under twenty and a half points. Okay. And. I'll go over 104.5 for the Knicks. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I'll go under. I'll go a little bit under. Yeah. I'll go a little bit under. Second night of a back-to-back in Soda. They scored... They scored 98 today. Yep. I believe they scored... Or 92 today. Um, So I'm going to keep that trend. I'm going to keep that trend. I think they come in with no legs... And yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think this one gets over early. Um, so there, so so we filled it in from ten to seven. All right, so let's just say for argument's sake, we have a couple more that we like. Let's pick Minnesota under eight and a half threes. Let's go over eight and a half threes. A three point defense is terrible. Let's go Minnesota over eight and a half threes. Let's go Knicks under ten threes. Hmm. I like that. I'll also go under 33.5% from three for the Knicks. Uh, I will take under 7.5 steals for the Knicks. And I will take under 4.5 blocks for the Timberwolves. And I will go... I'll go total points under 217.5. So I'll take the okay. under 217.5. All right. So okay. we filled out a full sheet. And now what you have to do, you have to click the save button. Make sure you click that save button. Very important. Yeah. Okay. You can come back and change this as many times as if you want until 8, 10 p.m. tomorrow. So you have that. So I just click save. Now it's going to take me to... A referral page. You guys can refer a friend. If you know a friend that wants to win the hat, that wants to, uh, you know, win Nick's prizes and memorabilia and tickets down the road, um, invite, share with a friend. You know, they, like I said, it's all free to play. If the friend plays, you will get more coins. Ten virtual coins are credited to your account. So there's incentive there for you. If you if you invite a friend and they play, you get ten virtual coins. Statement Games is also has a shop coming up so you'll be able to cash in your free virtual coins for more memorabilia and stuff like that so 
Uh, overall, like I said, it's free game. It closes tomorrow at 8 p.m. And um, got to be in it to win it, JLs. Yeah. Got to gotta be in it to win it, man. Definitely. Definitely. So be in it tomorrow. Get your free hat. And you know what? You're going to give away other stuff later on, too. So That's it, man. Get used to it. Get your, get your mojo going. Yes, sir. And some prizes. And some prizes, man. All right, let's um let's finish it up. And if you guys in the chat want to call in, if you guys want to um, fill in the chat Q and A, you you can certainly do so. We'll we'll hang around for for a little more, and then um and then we'll get on with the Saturday, man. Shout out everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. This is Nick's post game live, number one post game show on YouTube, on social media for the fans, by the fans. CP from the Knicks Fan TV, my man J Ellis from the Nick at Time Show. If you were in here earlier, you heard Tommy Beer from Forbes magazine drop some gems on the uh, on the squad, on the offseason, on the draft as well. So that was uh, a good segment that we just had. We recapped the Knicks versus Kings game. Knicks Tommy fall. killed it. Yeah, he, he was good, man. Very, very good, man. Very good. Yeah, love to have him on, man. Love to have him on. So um, Knicks fall to the Kings. And they fall to 40 games on the 500 jails. 40 games on the 500. Yeesh. Yeesh. Well, what can you do, man? What, what yeah, man. Do? It wasn't looking right. We got our asses handed to us, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. But it was, it was expected. It was expected. Yeah. I didn't really expect it to win. Facts. Really. Considering that man, Fox, is a demon over there. He carried his team to victory. Carried his team to victory, man. Carried his team to victory. Frank Matos, what's going on, Frank? All the way in West Palm, probably enjoying some some warm weather and baseball down there. Shout out to Frank. Chick George, what's going on? Max, I see you. How's it going, Max? Yeah. Yeah, man. Nope, no calls. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, everybody's trying to. Uh, everybody's trying to trying to uh, en- enjoy their Saturday, Jails. I I feel you. Yeah, man. So uh, on that note. Let, let's wrap up. Jay, right. I'll throw it on to you. Let me let me throw the uh, the theme music on. Shout out to everybody who came through. Great show. Dave, great show. Alex, great job as usual. Shout out to everybody that came through on this beautiful Saturday. All right, right JLs. Yeah, yeah man. Up, man. You know what it is. Uh, if you enjoy me, you can enjoy me and some of my friends at the Naked Time Show. We do have a podcast that drops on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play every Tuesday. We missed last Tuesday. Well, almost every Tuesday. And we also have our videos uploaded on YouTube, usually Wednesday or Thursday. So check those out. Um, links, All links are in the description. Also, I will have merch dropping very, very, very soon. Working on that. If you want to get my merch right now, link is also in the description. NickedTimeShow.com Also, if you want to leave some cool blogs from my guy Ryan G, who's out here working really hard, you can go to link in the description. NickedTimeShow.com Click that and read some blogs from my guys. And that is all for today. Also, follow me on my I'll be on the social media right there. Links in the description as well. Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Back to you, CP Beagle. All right, all right. And JLs, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, bro. All right. Oh, man. My, my end of season graphic. All right, whatever. It's a little delayed. Shout out to everybody for coming through. Next fall, 102 to 94 to the Sacramento Kings. 
Oh, we had a good show, man. Yeah, we had a good show. Um, good game by Mitchell Robinson. He, he put in eight points, nine rebounds, four block shots for money. Mitch, 23 straight games with one block shot. So uh, on this show, we look for a lot of silver linings when this team has lost <laughs> so many damn games. So, yeah. Another one for the tank. Another one in the books for the tank. And uh, we keep it rolling. Tomorrow night, Knicks versus Timberwolves. Catch us after the game, 10.30 Eastern time. It's going to be a little bit of a late one. Audio format of the show. If you missed it and you're at work, you can't watch video. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Alexa. Get your merch via the links are in the description. There's also links to the audio format as well. Let's keep the conversation going. If you guys are on Twitter, share this video on Twitter with the hashtag PostGameNYK. And we will add you to the Twitter group. And we can continue the conversation. I'm in there. JLS is in there. Alex is in there. Dave. Uh, we're all in there talking it up. So, uh, once again, great job, everybody. Yeah, my, graph, my graphic's slowing down a little bit, JLS, but it's all good. Um, but, yeah, man. Uh, once again, we'll see you guys tomorrow. You have until 8 p.m., 8, 10 p.m. Eastern to get into the statement games competition and win your hat so uh hope you guys all play share it with a friend get them in here well, let's get a large turnout and we'll see you guys tomorrow man 10 30 peace i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast each week Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.